Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. This is my top five Charlie Kaufman films. Now, I know what you're saying, potentially know what you're saying. Charlie Kaufman is more of a screenwriter. He's only directed, I believe, three films. Uh, so not quite five, but that's okay. Because I consider Charlie Kaufman films to be the ones that he wrote. Uh, whether he directed it or not, I don't know. Uh, I don't care. Uh, and I think there's some directors that he works better with than others. Uh, and... Uh, We'll get into that, shall we? But Charlie Kaufman, one of my favorite screenwriters, one of the few screenwriters where I'm actually like a fan of the f their work as writers, uh, because he has such a unique voice, like surrealism. He's very meta. He like brings a lot of aspects of creativity to the forefront when he is writing his scripts. He forces your brain to work at a pace that most other films will not need you to operate at. And he makes these beautiful worlds with these interesting characters. And he has very similar themes that run through a lot of his films. Like love is a big theme of his, whether it's first loves or imaginary loves or failed love. He also discusses and highlights what it is to be an artist in a lot of his films. Uh, the creative process of being an artist. The self-doubt that creeps in as being an artist, uh, the being blocked or being, you know, whether it's writer's block or being stuck, what it is to function as an artist, uh, dysfunctionally function as an artist uh, is a very common thing in his films. Also, repetition, whether it's reliving past traumas, uh, past love, or even memories. There's a lot of things that, that also brings back the meta aspect of his, his writing, um, where it's constantly going over and over these same things, these same ideas over and over again, almost like taking the idea of a time loop movie and displaying it all in one frame, all in one existence. Uh, very interesting. Uh, so for those reasons, I am a big fan of Charlie Kaufman and his films. Let's get into it with my top five Charlie Kaufman films, starting off with number five. It's a movie that was not on my list until I recently, I obviously rewatched all of these films uh, in preparation for this episode to make sure I had my list correct. So coming in at number five is Anomalisa. I believe it is the first uh, of his films that he um, first of his films that he directed, co-directed. It is a stop-motion film. Uh, this in this film, it is very much about love in a certain way. Basically, there's only three voice actors in this story. Uh, there is your main character, there is, uh, ev there is the love interest, the anomaly, and then there is everybody else. And so much of this movie is, is understand, it, it, it is when there, the person, a person comes into your life that is so different and so new and so refreshing 
that it, it stands out above the rest of the people. And if you were to jump into Charlie Kaufman's head, he illustrates this in such a great way. Like he, he goes above and beyond using so many like stylistic metaphors in order to convey uh, different things, different aspects about what's going on. And in this one, because all of the voices are by the same voice actor, it, it portrays how normalized everything gets and how boring that gets when things become normalized. And when this character discovers this woman who has a different voice than everybody else, it is the most beautiful thing he's ever seen because it is an anomaly. And her name is Lisa. So she is Anomalisa. But of course... Just as everything in life, just as the life of this character goes, you can't hold on to an anomaly and expect it to to maintain its its same shine and maintain its its same uniqueness. And the moment that this character makes this anomaly, this this very unique person, this voice that is different from all the others, when he makes that part of his normal life, it is the moment that that voice changes to be like everything else. It becomes the mundane. It becomes the normal. It becomes the automatic. And I appreciate that because there's definitely been times where it's like, I am so attracted to this idea or this person or this thing. You have this romantic idea of what it's going to be. And then once the reality of that thing being part of your life, it becomes normalized so fast. That the, the, the shine and the aura that it once had is no longer there. So rewatching it, I really appreciate it. Obviously, so many of Charlie Kaufman's films are depressing and slow and rough. But I really appreciate it. It's something that I connected with in this rewatch that I just did not connect with uh, previously. And I had only seen it, I think I'd only watched it once when it first got, came out. So it was nice to go back and rewatch it and gain a new perspective, especially knowing the themes and the ways in which Charlie Kaufman likes to tell his stories um, and the things he likes to write about helps to detach yourself in a way that will allow you to kind of keep up with all the surreal metaphors that are going on uh, within it. And Anomalies are probably the most, is probably his most minimal type of story in a lot of ways, which I appreciate as well. Uh, but yeah, that's coming in at number five is Anomalisa. My number four favorite Charlie Kaufman film is a film that I still do not get. But it is above Anomalisa, despite the fact that I get Anomalisa. I enjoy Anomalisa. Well, enjoy is not necessarily... These aren't like fun rides necessarily that Charlie puts you on, but they are interesting nonetheless. Uh, but the complexity of this movie makes me respect the hell out of it. And that is why I'm putting it at number four. It is one that could have been my number five. There's a few of these I've kind of flippity flopped on putting them higher, lower, swapping things. But I'm pretty comfortable putting this movie at my number four favorite Charlie Kaufman film. And that is Synecdoche, New York. One of the last films that we saw the great and powerful Philip Seymour Hoffman. In this movie came out. Let's see, when did this come out? Came out in 2008. 
the first live-action directorial film from Charlie Kaufman, which as a director, he... I appreciate his style. I appreciate his his ability to direct. I think the fact that he is directing his own work makes the work far more dense, far more complex, uh, and far more difficult for the audience to really sink in and vibe with it correctly. At least in my experience, it's been that way. Uh, I really appreciate when another director kind of interprets his writing and does a thing, which obviously I'll be getting into those films later, but Synecdoche, New York, and the rewatch, I feel like I understood it quite a bit more. It really feels like a movie that is illustrating the trials and tribulations of life, how in so much of life flies by the, the kind of time that disappears uh, when you're living your life. Not only that, but like how people relive the same traumas, how we're all trying to kind of set up and grow as as people. And while we grow, we're constantly adding new pieces to this this ever expanding puzzle of our life and how the the more we add and the more we live, the more complex everything gets. Um, and also how different people bring in their different baggage uh, to these things. Um, which are, you know, the repetition and the, the meta and all of those aspects are very similar themes that run through a lot of Charlie Kaufman's films, uh, writings. Um, and it's, you know, and this one's no different. We're following Charlie, we're following Philip Seymour Hoffman's character as he's a director trying to put on what is already a very complex play, stage play. And then that just kind of blows out of proportion right his marriage to this artist is 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 destroyed and then you see him go through these different relationships where everything just ends up repeating itself and being destroyed and the repetition that goes through and the mistakes that he constantly has and these relationships that end up being bad they the the repetition that goes on there is also illustrated in the meta-ness where it's like he ends up doing this play and then it's him doing a play about making the play and then it ends up you know kind of growing and adding more and more layers and more complexity to it to where like the entire world the entire existence is within this play that he's created and metaphorically it is kind of astonishing that this film exists and is a film that I feel like every time I watch it, I will get a little bit more out of it because there is so much in there's so much density to what's being discussed and these themes and these ideas that are inside of this movie. Uh, every time I watch it, it will be another moment where I'll be another opportunity to get a little bit more out of it. So on that standpoint, I appreciate it for it's just massive complexity. That's why it's number four. That's why it's one step above Anomalisa. Because in some ways, it's very, it's, they're similar tones. But uh, I really appreciate it. Obviously, great performance by Philip Seymour Hoffman, as well as all the other actors that are in this, in this movie. Uh, Catherine Keener is great in this movie. Um, who else? There's some other... I mean, just a ton of actors in this thing. Anyway, Synecdoche, New York from 2008 is my number four favorite 
Charlie Kaufman film. The Many Faces is an ongoing abstract ink portrait series that I started many years ago. I release a new face every day, but go to inspireddisorder.com to check them out. So many available. But as a listener to The Ray Taylor Show, you can save 10% when you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out. So go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF. That stands for The Many Faces. Go check them out, browse the entire collection, and when you decide on a piece, or maybe multiple pieces, make sure you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out, and you'll save 10% as a big thank you for checking out my work, for collecting my work, and for listening to The Ray Taylor Show. And with that said, let's get back to the show. Moving on. To number three, my third favorite, uh, I was going to say the title of the movie, my third favorite Charlie Kaufman film. My top three films were pretty much set in stone. Like before rewatching them, I kind of knew what my top three were, although my number one and number two have flip-flopped a few times. Uh, But my number three is held strong forever, forever. And this one, I believe, was the first of his... uh, of his films that he uh, came out with. It came out in a year jam-packed with amazing films, the year 1999. So coming in at my number three favorite Charlie Kaufman film is Being John Malkovich. This is a movie I was working at at the movie theater when this happened, when this movie came out, and it was a crazy movie. A movie where, which is basically the prequel to uh, Get Out in a lot of ways, a very similar kind of a premise, kind of a science fiction-y premise, but in the, the movie being John Malkovich, it's the ability to enter into the, uh, the body of John Malkovich. Assuming there's other portals to other people, but the focus is John Malkovich, obviously. That's why it's called being John Malkovich. You have your star, your lead. John Cusack plays a puppeteer. I myself, in middle school, high school, was a puppeteer myself for a church. Went on tour, was the lead puppeteer. Different t- type of puppet. I was this kind. With your hand up their butt, you know, moving your... Moving the mouth, you got a couple sticks to move their hands. He's doing the marionette puppetry. But it lends John Cusack's character the ability to control John Malkovich in a way that nobody else has been able to do. And so much of this movie is what it's like struggling as an artist. Struggling as an artist who's trying to be an artist in an art form that is not wildly popular. There's not a big demand for puppeteers in any aspect of modern society. But in some ways it, it, it shows that, you know, given uh, the ability, the, the creative ability and talent that John Cusack's character has as a puppeteer melded with, the fame and notoriety of somebody like John Malkovich, that that could be parlayed into an actual career 
in in like in in elevating the art of puppetry. And it's just crazy. It's just it's a fun movie. Uh, you know, obviously John Malkovich, great performance. He's got to act as if he's being possessed by these different people. There's the scene where he goes inside of his own head, and then everybody in his in his world is a John Malkovich. Everything and all they say is Malkovich. Very similar, very similar ideas in some ways to Anomalisa, where Anomalisa has everybody has the same voice. That kind of normal normalcy of voice that's in in John Malkovich's John Malkovich when he's inside of himself, uh, everything is himself. It is like it it it, it is folded infinity on, upon itself again. You know, like uh, having a, a kaleidoscope look inside of a kaleidoscope. Beautiful film. Cameron Diaz, one of the few films that takes an attractive female actor and makes them look uh, fugly. You know, very successful with Cameron Diaz. Uh, You know, Monster, Charlize Theron playing Monster was probably the only other uh, time. This is also Spike Jones. I think the collaboration of, of Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman is a great combination i wish charlie kaufman would go back to some of these directors that he's worked with in the past because uh, i think they they're able to translate his words and his stories in a way that maintains its creativity and complexity but makes it more palatable for an audience to kind of it doesn't require the amount of brain energy to to understand but I love it. So number three, hard number three, easy. Number three being John Malkovich. Moving on to my number two favorite Charlie Kaufman film. This had been at number one for a while, at number two, number one. Rewatching it last night again. I've rewatched my these this film a ton of times. I felt it had to be at number two just because my number one pick just touched me specifically, personally, when it came out in a way that none of his films have. But I still love this film. It is, if I could, this would have been, if I could have two number ones, this would be number one B and the other one number one A. I almost did that also. I almost added a sixth film and made these two uh, last films, my number ones, but I decided against that, obviously. So coming in at my number two is Adaptation. The movie about the movie, not really the movie, the movie about screenwriting. It's about Charlie Kaufman. You have the the screenplay that breaks the rules of screenplays that refers to it's very much the meta aspect of Charlie Kaufman done in the movie industry. Apparently he was asked to adapt the story uh, and which his character in the movie is asked to adapt a story into a film and he's having problems with it. And apparently Charlie Kaufman was having problems adapting the story and which ended up being 
the story within the story. I love this. So much of this, I relate to Nicolas Cage's performance as the neurotic brother. I mean, this is also the best Nicolas Cage performance, in my opinion, my favorite Nicolas Cage performance. He plays two characters, two twins. He plays Charlie Kaufman, and he also plays uh, his like this imaginary twin brother uh which is not labeled on the credits here i forget what his name is uh called in the film uh screenplay by charlie kaufman and donald kaufman on the poster of adaptation it credits this fictional character that was created for this film just so much of this film i love so much it is like if you love meta in film, I think this does it. This is like the most meta of meta films. And also, for me, it, it really touch, touches me, and I, I relate to it a lot, being an artist, being like struggling to find the inspiration of how to do something, how to take something, where to start. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is starting. Once you start, it, it, like everything kind of comes together. And in so many ways, you have this main character who's running into a writer's block because he doesn't know how to adapt this book about flowers into something exciting. Meanwhile, his brother is just flippantly, just as a side thing, uh, just like a hobby, wanting to get into screenwriting and instantly becoming more successful. You want to talk about a subject that has touched me personally? Like, you know how many artists I see online who have just started recently finding massive amounts of success meanwhile i'm over here grinding like an idiot trying to figure out trying to like i'm enjoying my path don't get me wrong but i i clearly see that financially i am not as successful as these people who decided to start out of nowhere these people that post like oh i just decided to do this thing and look it's taking off it's amazing it's like oh great i'm very happy for you but at the same time, it is depressing to see. And to see that illustrated with the two Kaufman brothers in adaptation is amazing. I re And the ride that this movie goes into, where it's so much about the, the inter-stress and inter-doubting of, of Kaufman's character in this, constantly struggling to figure out, like so much of that I relate to and then you're like shot out into this like adventure this crazy like where things are like more than they seem and there's like like nefarious aspects to the reality that Kaufman is dipping himself into to try and write the screenplay I love adaptation and like I said could have easily been my number one you know talk to me next month and I might disagree with my list I may prefer adaptation because as an artist, adaptation speaks to me loud, louder than any other movie. Just the emotions of doubting yourself and just being like so in your head about everything. And looking around and seeing how effortless everything is for people around you is just something that I really relate to. Uh, so that is why adaptation is coming in at my number to film and last but not least my favorite film of of uh charlie kaufman 
Join Inspired Disorder Plus today. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join. Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspired Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. My number one Charlie Kaufman film is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You have the best performance Jim Carrey has ever done in a film, in my opinion. You have an amazingly creative story that takes the imagination of Charlie Kaufman and tries to adapt that into something that is more grounded, slightly more grounded, in that there is this science, this like somewhat sci-fi aspect of the ability to go in and erase memories. Something that could potentially be in our near future is the ability to go in and erase memory. And so much of this movie is memory which is very much a theme of Charlie Kaufman's, not memory specifically, but the idea of reliving memories to reliving trauma, reliving these aspects of your life, making the same mistakes over and over again. This movie is about love. This movie is about new love. This movie is about failed love. This movie is about re just constantly going out with somebody that ends up being toxic for you. In this movie, it is the same person, but in so many people's lives, including mine, you end up going out with the same type of toxic person because that's just the trauma that you live through in your life is something that you're constantly trying to repeat. And beautifully directed, beautifully imagined by Michelle Gondry, just an amazing director. Michelle Gondry and Spike Spike Jones, right? I wanted to say Spike Lee. Yes, Spike Jones, I believe, work amazing with Charlie Kaufman's scripts. I I would love to see both of those directors work with Charlie Kaufman more instead of Charlie Kaufman doing his own directing, which is fine. The... one of the movies that was left off the list, more recent one. I still like them. I still really enjoy them. But none of them reach the height of heights that Adaptation and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind does. But that kind of, that, that, that feeling of falling in love with somebody, that just by like looking at them, like you just fall in love with any, any woman that shows you the slightest bit of attention... So many, the, the heartbreak, the heartbreak that comes with a failed love. Just when it all falls apart, just so beautifully, so beautifully illustrated how desperately people 
want to erase memories. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many memories you erase. Because you are who you are, because of the person, because of the life you lived, and you're going to be making the same mistakes. You're going to be reliving traumas. You're going to be attracted to the similar things because of the person you are. And you can't help what, who you fall in love with, no matter how toxic it is for you. I mean, not only Jim Carrey, but also Kate Winslet, great performance as Clementine. Obviously, the, the, the points in the story, Elijah Wood, also great, uh, along with Mark Ruffalo as these kind of bumbling uh, assistants that are part of this company that erases memories. And you have Kirsten Dunst, the kind of doting girl who's in love with this doctor who, who developed this technology, who in herself is experiencing that same kind of repetition. Yeah, it's, it's a movie that because... When it came out, this movie came out, I watched this multiple times in theaters when it came out, 2004, watched it I don't know how many times in movie theaters, but it's a movie that resonated with me on such a level that I had to put it at number one, despite the fact that even that I've, I'm older and I'm not as affected by these types of things as much and an adaptation probably relates to me more as a 40 year old than this does this one just because it impacted me so personally i had to do it and jim carrey i mean probably one of his best by far i mean best performances one of the greatest films some of the best visuals the 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 way michelle gondry is able to implement practical effects in films is hands down one of the best be kind rewind he kind of goes a little bit overboard on it this one somehow all of the planets align to where you have michelle gondry like working on a level like none of his movies you have charlie kaufman's script that's so inventive and so like imaginative and is translated so well into the screen. You have performances by not only Jim Carrey, but all of the other supporting characters that really come together and really shine in some of their best performances. I think everything about this movie is A+, and that is why Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, is my number one favorite Charlie Kaufman film. Now, some uh, notable movies I left off. I'm thinking of ending things, which is his most recent film, uh, Netflix original. Uh, I, I enjoyed it and I watched it again and it has a lot of the same things, more of the imaginary love. It's a very interesting story told from like the point of view of an imaginary character. Very interesting. You have some very dark themes. Uh, I, I really love it. It would be my number six. It would be on a list if I had the list above human nature, above confessions of a dangerous mind, which are two of his other films that he's made. You know, it, the, 
I didn't rewatch either of them because I d- didn't like them the first time I watched them. It, there was nothing about it. It didn't have the really the the imaginative reality that Charlie Kaufman brings to these other films that are on the list. Uh, but yeah, the only one and and I'm thinking of ending things was on my number four. It was number five for a long time before I rewatched this initially. Uh, Anomalisa was off the list. Synecdoche, New York was number five. And I'm thinking of ending things was number four. Then I went back and rewatched everything. And it, it all reshuffled. It, it was tough to reshuffle everything because I think uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Anomalisa and Synecdoche, New York, New York all suffer from the fact that Kaufman is directing his own screenplays and they become so dense and so abstract at points and surreal that it it, it is very difficult to follow along. It is, it is mind-numbingly tough at times. Uh, but out of those three, I think this one misses the mark a little bit. It is very, and it's also a very bummer movie. It's probably his most bummer of bummer movies, I think. Um, but I still appreciate it. I still enjoy it. I think it looks amazing. I think he is a beautiful director. He knows how to how to put stuff on screen. I just think uh, cutting th- some stuff out, and it's not even cutting out fat. It's it just, there's just so much information in all of his work that... Uh, it becomes a little bit too much. Uh, but that being said, I, I love all of his films. I love, I'm, I will watch everything he puts out. I'm a huge fan. But my top five list, one more time, my top five list for Charlie Kaufman films. Number five, Anomalisa. Number four, Synecdoche, New York. Number three, being John Malkovich. Number two, Adaptation. And my number one, my favorite Charlie Kaufman film, is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Let me know how you would rank Charlie Kaufman films in the credits, in the credits, in the comments. Hit me up on social media. Uh, But that's it. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.